0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at reformationvoicey.com. All right, back on the show today, we have a special guest co-host, Matt Marino. How you doing, brother? Very good. And you are covering for two pastors today yes pastor russ herman and is he gonna get off vacation at any point he's got a vacation Dude, this is what this is what you call a vacation six weeks man pastors don't do anything man <laughs> <laughs> and then phil pastor phil is, is out of the studio he, but you he's, heard he's
1: planning his vacation yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you oh you just got off your vacation um so jonathan glad you're on the show today Um, We are talking about uh, church and state issues, very, very relevant for what's happening in our culture. I mean, I I can't imagine a time in my lifetime where we need to understand the the theology of church and state more than we do right now. It's come right to the fore. I mean – Over the weekend, there was a a mandate passed from the governor of California that said that churches are no longer allowed to sing um, in their congregations. And that gets right to the issue that we started talking about yesterday, those two main errors between church and state, the Erastian era, which says that the state has supremacy over the church, or the Roman Catholic era, which says that the church has supremacy over the state. So I kind of wanted to start today just by maybe giving three examples of you know, concrete ways in which we can know that the state is encroaching over the powers of the state. So this, this is the way that I would put it. Maybe you guys can push back a little bit. Number one, the state oversteps its authority with the church when it tells the church what type of doctrine it can or cannot preach. Let's start there. Mm-hmm.
2: Thoughts? Well, certainly when they, uh, sometimes they wouldn't have an interest in doing that today, although I think where they have an interest in doing it is to um, encroach upon the church's teaching of law, teaching of moral Mm -hmm. truths. An obvious example is in human sexuality. And um, there was just a, oh, I wish I thought of it, but something about uh, hate speech, which is not new news, it's old news, but there was some tightening of that restriction on social media or something, and I can't remember what it is now. Ah, I'm on the spot. But anyway, that's an obvious example of somewhere where they would try to um, stop the church from teaching it.
0: Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's already happening around the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happening certainly in Canada. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to happen here where they're going to say, I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking, hey, you know, the state's dictating how we should teach on the hypostatic union. No, they're, they're yeah. teaching on, they're, they're enforcing an issues about, like you said, sexuality. Okay, yes. so we agree on that one. The, exactly. the state yes. over, so yeah, they I,
1: overstep their bounds.
0: So in those instances, we have not only the right but the obligation by God to civilly disobey at that point.
2: Yeah, and I thought of the example: it's Lord, the uh, Lord, master, and and uh, slave. Those words are uh, examples of white supremacy and to be restricted, uh, and so that will be. Uh, the beginning of rest- of uh, banning the Bible uh, on those platforms or in those places.
0: So, do we have um, not just a right, but do we have an obligation from God to disobey the state in those instances?
1: Yep, certainly. Okay. Se- yeah, the, you know, um, you what, you know, Peter and John who were told not to. Uh, preach they were they were they were upsetting jerusalem they were turning it over and talking about christ being risen and and they were called and told not to preach at all in the name of jesus but peter and john answered them whether it's right in the sight of god to listen to you rather than to god you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard and uh, so even under further threat they said no we're going to be we're going to be sharing about the lord jesus christ essentially we're going to be sharing christian truth
0: yeah, there was a story today on the discern. I think I left my phone in the car on the discern uh, website. Where in China, in order for the churches to reopen, they had to sing the Chinese Communist National Anthem and put a picture of Zing up in their you know mortuary sanctuary. <laughs> and 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 one other thing, where it was it was very much no. In order to reopen, you need to be mm-hmm. towing the Communist Party line. So um, okay, second thing. Um, that I would offer that, you know, the state encroaches its authority, oversteps its bounds is when the state tells the church who can and cannot belong to its membership or leadership.
2: Mm -hmm. And that happens, even we've seen that happen with campus ministries as early as 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. where that pressure comes in to define. and, And that's part of what Marxism does. And part of what statism does, it's not simply transferring wealth from one sector of the economy to another. It's also leveling social structures. That's, that's very much a state Business. Now, why does the state have an interest in doing that? It's because they want to erode institutions that act as a buffer between the individual and the state. And the church is chief among those. So it's the family, labor, and so on, private schools, but in particular, the church. It has an interest in eroding the church. So it's not simply um, that the church has to wait. You know, you hear this all the time. And it's, uh, well, when they start telling us not to preach the gospel, that's when we need to start worrying about it. Now you need to start worrying about it the day you pop out of your mother's womb. Yeah. You need to be vigilant for liberty right then and there. You know, in the Heidelberg Catechism and the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the language about the commandments, whether it's the sixth, seventh, or eighth, is not just sort of this negative thing like "I, I didn't kill anybody today, I'm cool." Uh, it's uh, it's this proactive protecting your neighbor's good name, protecting whatever tendeth unto the destruction of yourself. You're, you're to you're to hold that. You're to be vigilant. Yeah, and so the church has. Uh, a business in being the the conscience of the world and the conscience of a culture and the conscience over the state, not as kings over the state, erasing those prerogatives, but as prophets over yeah. the state, speaking the truth to power. You know, there was a a, a
0: famous teacher here recently who, had, who was informing his congregation that um, when the COVID crisis broke out, and I don't necessarily disagree with him at the beginning, because there were so many things that we didn't know, but he basically said, look, the state is not, um, oppressing or persecuting the church uh, in telling its congregations to stay home because it's equally doing that to all people and all spheres and all businesses and everyone else. But as, and I would just press back on this teacher in this respect, as these things have now been drug on weeks and now months, it's like, why is it relevant that the state isn't targeting the church particularly? It's targeting all of society. That's what statism is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when the state becomes God to all parts of society, we we don't need to wait until we're just. If we wait until we are just persecuted, targeted, it's it's kind of already too late.
2: Yeah, that's just a martyr complex. There's a big difference between um, getting persecuted versus having a martyr complex. You know, I brought up those catechism. The the whole reason I brought that up is because where you have the ability, where you have the ability to save life, where you have the ability to preserve liberty not only for you, but for your posterity. You're enslaving them if you deliberately say, like King Hezekiah did, eh, I'll be dead by then. Uh, (laughs) When the Babylonian spies were in there. You know, when you do that, you're you're violating the commandments when you do that. And so this perennial vigilance toward uh, preserving life, liberty, and property is the positive way to obey the second table of the law. So we don't wait until we're led away by the Pied Piper into the wilderness and we wait and see for the dead bodies to be, uh, chopped up and dismembered. No, no, that you you do it proactively. I think people have this idea in their mind that to do that is to be a cynical person or a you know whatever else. No, it's just it's just a biblical realism about sin and statism. Well, yes, yeah,
1: there there is there, you know, we could have a new beatitude, blessed are the cynical because there because <laughs> because you know, we have to recognize that uh, sin invades every area of our, uh, of life, you know, whether it's political spheres or or you know, any any, you know, you know, the the axiom um a- absolute authority uh, corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a sense in which We're all sinful, you know, and that, and and it's true of every institution, whether it's marriage or not. You, you know, only sinners say "I do." Um, So, so there is a certain uh, blessedness to being cynical about uh, what's going on. To recognize, to recognize that there is a depravity that pushes things down, and the only, only buoyancy in this is the Christian faith. That's right. So we're talking about the the three ways and there there may be more. These are just the three ways that
0: I that I can see. Three ways that the that state oversteps its authority with the church. And these three ways is where we can clearly know that we should practice, you know, kind of a humble civil disobedience. Number one, when the church or when the state over tells the church what doctrine to teach. Number two, when the state uh, tells the, the church who is included and not included in its membership and leadership. And then here's number three, when the state unduly hinders the gathering of the saints for word and sacrament. Let's let's talk about that because that's really relevant for this COVID thing. Doug Wilson, who I, I like Doug Wilson on some things and other things I don't like Doug Wilson on, but he gave this really good analogy about an active shooter that's in your neighborhood um, and you're, you're – you're gathering for Word and Sacrament on Sunday morning and the cops knock on the door and they say, hey, you know, there's an the active shooter. Everybody needs to uh, you know, leave and, and exit immediately. What should the elders do? Well, he says, well, look, there's an active shooter. You should immediately get up and leave the building. Um, that is right type of, uh, according to Wilson, he says that's a, a right type of obedience towards the state. He says, but what if six for six weeks in a row, they keep on meeting you at the door and they say, hey, there's still an active shooter, but there's no evidence of it. Nobody's died. There's no bullet casings. It's very clear that the cops are lying. At that point, there's a, hey, wait a minute, where we should
2: say, no, we're, we're meeting. Mm-hmm. I think the analogy is pretty clear. Oh, it's a great and it's a great analogy and it's accurate. And we've seen that over and over again. And we haven't seen it, you know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, ten weeks ago. People could say, oh, that's just those crackpot doctors, whatever, in California. Or that's just that video, whatever else. It just doesn't work anymore. It's, it's Fauci. It's the CDC. It's who. It's everywhere. Um, there's, there's nothing left of their story. And the hypocrisy is everywhere. Every time there's a, you know, some church event or some Trump rally, you know, whatever you think of him, um, or even the spring break gatherings, whatever it is, if it's not a left-wing riot, if it's just a peaceful gathering, what you hear on the mainstream media is in the first 24 hours, not after 24 hours, in the first 24 hours, NBC, CBS, CNN, ABC, all saying that these people, there's a spike, X spike, whatever the number is from this gathering. Okay, let me get this straight. Within 24 hours, people predominantly from out of state who were the most suspicious of this virus to begin with and least likely to check in? Checked in out of state, contracted it within twenty four hours. We don't be- now to quote Ron Burgundy. I don't believe you. <laughs> 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 I, we, you we, you're not credible anymore. It's as right. simple as that.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And that, and that's that's the that's the difficulty
0: about working through these issues because we can look at a lot of. a lot of our laws that the state institutes and we can say that that seems unreasonable or Mm -hmm. or that seems unjust which ones as christians should we say okay i'm gonna put my flag down here and i'm not gonna obey here but i'm gonna obey here that's why these issues are so important because you know in in our own city uh the the mayor here recently you know gave an order about face masks Mm -hmm. and there's there's kind of two extremes on either end one the extreme is i'm going to rebel against whatever the state says i'm going to be a zealot the other extreme is i'm i'm going to be over complicit in whatever the state says whatever they say i'm going to do and we need a christian worldview uh in order to be able to navigate through those difficult questions
2: that's the key is worldview because you're not going to find a scripture that explicitly tells you about face masks or really mostly any of these other things you mm-hmm. need to have a hierarchy, a sort of a Matthew twenty three twenty three, a weightier matters of the law kind of a way of sifting through this. And I honestly, not to disappoint anybody, I wore a face mask the other day to Walmart, and then I realized, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I have a breathing issue, too, so I took it off afterwards, but— um I, I don't have a concrete answer that applies one size fits all to everybody on something like face masks. Yeah. I do on murder and theft.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the state right
2: now is engaging in murder and theft. In yeah. the case of New York and California, murder, mass murder, and, yeah. they, and the governor should be tried accordingly. Yeah. Uh, if private citizen does that. Uh, there's, there's, um, there's severe penalties for that. Uh, in the case of the other governors, theft. Um, are, are they going to pay for these damages? Yeah. They won't. But they should. And so those are clearer to me than face masks. And that's the only reason I kind of put that down.
0: So we are not going to answer your face mask questions today, but we prompt, no, we won't. Um, We hope that you'll continue to tune in on these important issues of church and state. And uh, we will
1: talk to you next time.